Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Entertainment The Vexens, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. Today we're talking about the 1973 film, American Graffiti. This will contain spoilers. So this is one of George Lucas's early films, pre-Star Wars. Oh, um, yeah. And it follows a group of teenagers. Uh, they've, they've finished high school and some of them go off to college. And they, the whole film, they're just kind of vibing. Like, I feel like the... Um, the plot doesn't... I mean, there's a couple points, but there's never points where it feels like plot peaks. It's just the same level the whole way through and you follow them around during one night as they vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. There's a, there's a few separate threads. So one is it follows Steve and his girlfriend as they, they're going through a bit of a rough patch because Steve wants to see other people off at college. Uh, Laurie does not want. And so they have a, that's kind of a whole thing. There's um, John Milner, who's who's got a, his car looks sick, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a street racer dude, and he ends up getting stuck with like a fourteen year old girl um, when he when he asked for if I did his car. He he just kind of chills with her for a while, um, and people challenge and. There's Kurt who is desperately trying to find this like woman he saw in a car for about two seconds, uh, and his whole thing is trying to find them. But he gets tangled up with like a gang uh, called the Pharaohs, and then the final one is Terry, a Toad, Toad, who, yeah Toad, um, who manages to like. Borrowing Steve's car, and he kind of lies to to brag a bit and gets in some trouble. He does. General plot. Yeah. He does. Then um... <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. Well, when I first heard about this film, I just sort of assumed that it'd be more kind of uh, focused on them all as a group together yeah. throughout this night. But I kind of like the fact that. Um, it focused on individual stories and I think it allowed for more well stories to be told in more creative ways rather than like being confined by them always being together yeah because it's not it's not just like individual separate stories like they come together at points and yeah. break apart and it all feels very natural it never I never felt while watching it like oh we're cutting to this the Steve story or now actually yeah. sometimes I was like we're now on the Kurt story but yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, it's usually fairly natural with the um, cuts and things between them. 
uh, I at first. Well, at first I was like, oh yeah, for the first five minutes I was like, yeah, this is cool. Then I realised that it was going to be the whole film. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. But but then after that, I actually got really into it again, and I just enjoyed following these characters around. And uh, there were there's some moments which uh, are actually quite funny, which I liked, and there's some just interesting stuff that happens to these characters that uh, where they manage to like kind of grow in believable ways, even though it's over night yeah mm. it, it never felt like um a character just something happens to them and they're like uh, i must now stop being selfish forever or yeah. something uh i think it was all very subtle changes that were yes <laughs> yeah nodding that, but i'll don't... pick up on the audio um <laughs> uh I'm a bit less confident on the characters' names, if I'm being honest. But uh, yes. I do think that um, I can't. What's the guy that was called Rick or something? The the sort of the main guy, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, Rick. I think. Um, Rick. So, yeah, Kurt, who's Rick. trying to get the girl in the car that showed up for two seconds? No. Who's the main guy? Then? The guy with the girlfriend. Steve. Yeah. Oh, yes, Rick. Steve. So, Steve and Laurie. But yeah. I felt like he... Because um, obviously at the start of the film, you've shown that he's the one that is trying to persuade that other guy. Kurt. Yeah, to go to college. And he's sort of more reluctant. But I think, um, obviously, as you were saying, just in this one night alone, you can see kind of that progression and sort of development in the characters to the point where at the end of the film... It's actually sort of the reverse of that, which I didn't yeah. really... I kind of understand that the car crash was um, near the end of the film was kind of like that sudden, I guess, like upset that caused him to stay. But I, I didn't really feel like that was entirely uh, in line with his character early on, but I guess it was quite... Um, well, I think it was it, good to see that development. And yeah, because I think it also by just his arguments with Laurie and then him realising that actually more important to him than going to college would be. Yeah. Uh, and it's... I think the film is all about supposed to be finding out what's important to, like, all of the characters and deciding where they want to go now that they've... Um, so, like, the whole thing with Kurt is he feels like he wants to stay because he's trying to get something close to home that will make him happy is symbolized by the girl in the thunderbird or the 56 or whatever it is um you know where it's like where he he almost gets in contact with her at the end and she's like oh, i'll be cruising third street you maybe you'll see me yeah and it's that all the kind of thing of like um the dream is like just out of reach and what you really need to do is just kind of go off somewhere else and find it for yourself like big wolfman popsicle guy said <laughs> do you want a popsicle do you want a popsicle i do yeah he's got six or seven and a whole fridge full yeah fridge full damn yeah of popsicles he's got st sticky fring fingers sits there eating popsicle <laughs> Ben, does your mum let you uh, listen to Wolfman? No. Is it Why? because he's black? Yeah. Wow, okay. That's a shame. <laughs> but I do... Th 
I mean, we mentioned it a bit, but I think that he was able to have some more than uh, kind of dramatic moments and the character moments. But I think that was well balanced with points of like comedy and stuff. It never really felt that jarring. Like yeah. scenes like when when Kurt no. Who you <laughs> describe them? The guy with the glasses goes to get Terry. The toad. Terry yeah. slash Toad. When he goes to get uh, the alcohol and they can't, and then that guy just like runs in. That was the funniest bit. Yeah. <laughs> comes back out with a gun and he just tosses <laughs> in the fuse and sprints off. And the shopkeeper comes out and he's like... Because <laughs> I definitely feel like his his arc, I guess you could say, was the most comedic. But then it also did have the more, especially towards the end of the film, it had yeah. like some more serious points. And, yeah, because it had the thing of kind of actually she is she ever named is she called like debbie, I think she's you're, called not, debbie. you're asking the wrong person yeah. <laughs> uh i feel i feel like she's called deborah but i might be making that up um but she kind of says like that she did have a good time and it obviously helped to with terry's insecurities because then he actually started being more honest yeah uh so oh. that was cool she's called debbie I, I'm Hold the on. one that knows the characters' names. <laughs> yeah, you are. I've forgotten what you called, like, Steve now. I... Rick. Rick. <laughs> Some reason I had Nigel in my head. <laughs> Nigel? <laughs> <laughs> no, Nigel was obviously the Harrison's Ford's character. Oh, of course. It's interesting yeah. that you think Steve was the main one, because I saw Kurt as the main one. Well, yeah, I mean, at the start of the film, I think it was set up to be that way, but then he kind of had less of a role, I guess. Yeah, I kind of thought the same it's, I felt like Steve got less of a role as it went on because yeah he, yeah. Yeah, he just got more like that's literally whiny. what it's like. oh I thought you said Kurt was set up as the main one no in oh man no Rick <laughs> like oh, <laughs> Nigel was flowchart <laughs> alright Nigel <laughs> I everyone should ask me before they say a name um, I think it manages to like have all these different stories that are paced well, and then still have like there's like that five minute scene with the uh, with the band just kind of vibing. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, that, yeah. That just because it manages to make you feel a bit nostalgic. Yeah. for a time I've never seen, and you know the, all the music, and then Mel's driving, especially I thought was just like a cool backdrop for them, where they a recurring place where they'd go, where you just drive up, sit in your car, and get your food delivered to you. Yeah. On skates. Skating storm. Yeah. I do definitely think that George Lucas was really effectively able to sort of convey that nostalgia that, um, I mean, obviously it's way before our time, but I think that it's kind of um, a very authentic depiction of this stage in life, like teenage stage, which sometimes can be uh, quite poorly shown in media but um i think that he was able to do it quite effectively with uh like obviously the characters but then <clears throat> other things like the visuals and the music and just like the general aesthetic i guess of the time i mean how old was george lucas when he did this well, I think he was 18 in 62. That's like when he, he went was off to be... 29 when the film released. So oh. he'll have been 28 during the production. So still fairly young. Did you notice the um, 
the subtle reference to THX one one three eight. I did, but wasn't it missing a one? It was missing a one. Oh, that's a shame. So sad. Did you notice it, Ben? No, I didn't. <laughs> the number plate of the yellow car, which is like centre frame multiple times, <laughs> is THX one three eight. I'll be honest, I forgot that was a film he did. Because I haven't seen it. <laughs> I've not seen it, but it's because I want to see it. That's how I Ooh, knew. Do it on future episodes. Oh, maybe. Lucas, we're coming for you. <laughs> we'll do the prequels. <laughs> why the prequels? The, the, why not do the holiday special? Yeah. Why not do every single George Lucas film? On one episode? Yeah. No, George Lucas existed before Star Wars. <laughs> you weren't born before Star Wars. Are we doing all the ones he wrote or all the ones he directed? Both. Oh, but, okay. Well, he wrote 178 things, apparently. <laughs> but has directed 20... I bet half of them will be, like, Star Wars things. Yeah. Um, I find it whack that, like, I only found out recently they only directed uh, two of the originals. One. Was it one? He only directed the original Star Wars. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, He cause... directed two of the prequels. Oh, no, all three of the prequels. Yeah, yeah, the the prequels were all definitely him, but um, it was only one of the originals. Yeah. It's like, damn. I think you could see his style in this that, were, that um, continued through to the prequels. I think it was Don't a pretty was similar film. <laughs> oh, there was quite a bit, I'd say. I didn't... I thought it was really weird because... It's difficult to, like, um, compare the cinematography and stuff like that. But I think the script is way different to everything else he's done. Yeah. I think I did hear somewhere that he, like, it wasn't entirely him that was responsible for the script. Oh, it's not. It's got three writing credits. And his his influence is kind of a bit overstated. Uh, It's Gloria Katzen Willard. (laughs) H U Y C K. I don't know how you pronounce that. Um, you don't. <laughs> but no, I think the script was good and kind of, you know, each character felt different. You could easily. Not, not, it's not like, oh, well, there's just like five of the same character. Yeah. Uh, and I think the actors did a really good job here as well. Like, really young Ron Howard. He was about 19 at the time. With hair. <laughs> it's a surprise they didn't get like 30-year-olds to play the teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that kind of just helps with the believability of it, along yeah. with the good script yeah. and stuff. I mean, Kurt's actor was like 26. <laughs> yeah. But, but Ron like... Howard was young. Um, uh, I don't know about the other... It looks like some of them weren't... I don't know. John Milner was obviously a bit older, and Terry's actor was about nineteen as well. So that that helped. Like they they were really well embodied. I don't think there were any sort of performances. They all made sense. Like John Milner, you could quite easily tell from the performance early on that he was kind of supposed to be the rough, seemingly cool guy, but is actually just looking out for everyone. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he makes sure, although he complains, he makes sure to look after Carol, um, yeah. and like has sneaky ways of trying to figure out her address. <laughs> a bit dodgy at times, you know. 
I wouldn't say threatening to assault someone to get their address is a, uh, so that you can drop them off is a good idea. Well, I should hope not after the other things you've said on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you could tell quite quickly with him and Terry. Terry's character is kind of like a uh, almost a cliche now, but. 1973, I don't know if there were many other um, kind of high school <laughs> films. Yeah. There, I mean, I'm sure there were some. But, you know, it's a fairly early example of that type of character. It's not like it's been done a million times. Yeah, because, I mean, despite my complete inability to remember any of their names, I do think that they, like... Uh, a combination of the writing and the performances did uh, make it both authentic and easy to kind of uh, identify like the different character traits and the different um, like responses to the situations. And I think, how do you think the pacing of this was? Because I think that it, because it was sort of dealing with different simultaneous uh, stories, it was it kind of always had quite a fast pace and I think um, it always helped you kind of feel engaged uh, yeah I felt like I wouldn't say I felt like I was being like propelled forward in this intense script but it was almost like a mesmerising effect <laughs> uh, I kind of just got lost in the world and started to enjoy following the characters around no, you know whatever they did whether it was Kurt like hijacking that police car and ripping its wheels off or uh, just John Milner like constantly being challenged to a race in the streets and stuff uh, it was just kind of fun to see what they were doing I felt like Steve got a bit annoying I didn't really like him no. but the others are alright um, in Rick so you mean Nigel? <laughs> Can't throw me off. I know the names. Who Nigel's name? Or Rick's? No. <laughs> um, it's interesting that this film like looks really good, but it had quite a low budget. Um, they couldn't even afford to pay all of the crew members. <laughs> I hope they got something after. They were it. they were offered to uh, a screen credit instead of a payment. Well, isn't they wouldn't have had screen credits <laughs> before? Well, apparently, traditionally, only department heads received screen credit. But giving screen credit to so many crew members has now become a tradition. I mean, which I is guess why makes closing sense. credits last so long. Because, like, yeah, because, like, older films, you generally see, like, shorter credits, whereas yeah. now they've yeah. gone for, like, 15 minutes. I remember, um, like, Night of the Living Dead, I think. I, th I think it had the credits at the start and then there were no credits at the end and that was so weird. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's something that when you see a lot of... When you see, like, the trend of films becoming longer, I think you also have to factor in the fact that the credits do take up a considerably larger... Yeah, because more people proportion. get involved and yeah. actually have to get credited. <laughs> Especially given most films are, like, special effects now and you'll have, like, a team of, like, 30 people and you'll employ, like... Four or five different teams of like them. Yeah. So yeah. Um, did you know that Harrison Ford was asked to cut his hair, but 
he refused and wow. offered to wear a hat instead. <laughs> oh my that's why they do the same for Indiana Jones. He <laughs> <laughs> really know. wants those luscious, long Harrison locks. This is an interesting one because it, it looks like it accidentally became a hit. So, like, people weren't, you know, low budget. I don't think they thought that much of the screenplay at the time, even though it turned out to be really well loved. And the studio itself actually had no idea like how to market the film or anything, which makes me think that there weren't any other high school films before. Yeah. That they just let it sit on a shelf for six months. Because it's difficult to sort of label it coming of age because it all takes place in the stage of one night. So although quite a bit happens in that one night, you can't really... It's quite difficult to have like a, a massive change in these characters. Yeah, um, but I think you still manage to see them mature, and it's quite impressive. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of other coming of age films I've seen, but I don't think any take place over such a short time period. No, um, but there's other films that over over a short time period and have character growth, like Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm trying to, the only the only other film I can think of right now is Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which is not old at all. That's like four years old, but that takes place over quite a long time. Um, I've, my mind has gone blank of all coming of age films. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that many. No. Be more inclined after watching this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd. I really enjoyed Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I'm pretty sure I've recommended it before. Um, and I've seen, like... I guess... Mm, no, that might not be one. I, I just can't think of what they are. I think they're very common, so you can't just like think of them and go, oh, yeah. You're more like I'd be reminded that a film is a coming-of-age film. Yeah, I can't think of any like off the top of my head that I've watched, but maybe I have, and I just... Didn't realise it was a com- well, not didn't realise, but like can't really recall. Yeah, didn't yeah. like. We think done, of it as one. Well. We haven't done any of the pod on the podcast before, have we? Uh, and remember, I'd have to look no. that up on on our website, yeah. entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com. Yeah, <laughs> how did you know that? Because. I am subscribed to the mailing list that hasn't gone out since episode 25. Well, I wasn't even planning that plug, but <laughs> you got there. So well done. What Thank you. you think of the music? I mean, we've talked a bit about it, but... There were a lot of songs used. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah. Is there an actual... I don't think there's actually an original score, was there? No. But the songs are used really effectively and kind of carry the vibe, you know? Yeah. Because mm. I, I think it's just, I think it's more intended to be sort of like that feel-good movie that isn't, it's kind of like easily digestible, but it has actually got quite a few themes. Like I, yeah, I definitely and it ends don't up think, being quite melancholy as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the ending then. Oh, <laughs> what I meant, just because you only see Kurt Goff at the aeroplane and he's kind of moving on. Yeah. And that's like the true symbol that they've grown up. But then it shows like an end screen which says what's happened to four of the main characters, not Laurie, because apparently she doesn't matter. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She's a woman. Uh, <laughs> a woman bad. 
I mean, George Lucas wrote it, so who knows? <laughs> George Lucas doesn't like women. I don't know. I feel like he would <laughs> Uh, but there were the two other people that wrote it, including one woman. Uh, so it basically says like what happens to all the characters, and then it's like the first one that comes up is John Milner was killed by a drunk driver in 1964. <laughs> then Terry was found, was like missing in action at some point in the 60s as well, I think 1965. And then Steve became an insurance salesman. So he died. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt definitely became a writer. I remember that, and he's living in California. But, like, my first... It was a bit weird, I yeah, thought. My first reaction to that was, like, is this a true story? Yeah, but then same. I'm thinking, what what would make this so particularly special that it would be adapted into a film? Yeah, because it's more just supposed to be a general... Yeah. Um, but I, I think they just did it as, like, an epilogue show what happened to the characters. Yeah, I but, guess like, it's... why would you just kill off your characters? Yeah. Seems a bit... <laughs> I, I guess it's supposed to be... Um... I don't know. I feel like it's conveying themes of the characters that I'm just not getting. It's like Milner kind of stayed where he was doing and maybe died a death because he wasn't trying anything new, but I'm not sure. Um, I feel like them having Terry missing in action is just kind of showing that the soldiers... I th- I feel like that's more making a statement on war and... Soldiers bad? Be- well, no, no, like, uh, war, bad. <laughs> hot war, t- hot what topic. is it good for? Hot take. I mean, I, war, bad. I, yeah, that was definitely one of the most prevalent themes in the film. Yeah, war, bad. <laughs> but I think war, they were bad. just saying that at the end because it kind of show that, you know, they've all grown up and been teenagers and then not had, a, like, a proper chance at a life. Um, and then Kurt, I don't know, I guess he became a writer. I guess that's supposed to be, like, George Lucas or something. <laughs> Kurt is just George Lucas' self. In the well, story. I mean, he would be 18 in 1962, George <gasps> Lucas, so... Where were you in 1962? <laughs> it's actually, where were you in 62? Oh, Because it sorry. rhymes. That's the, that's, that's, it took them six months to come up with that. Because <laughs> where are you in 62, Ron? Yeah. But um, it did seem to take a bit of a weird turn at the end, like, with that the car crash and then the... It was just weird. It was like... I don't think the car crash made sense. Well, I mean... Yeah, but... I, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just like tone... Not tonally. Like, most of the film, like, not much is happening, really. They're just kind of vibing. I mean, there's like some fights and stuff, but like, mainly it's just kind of vibes. And then just suddenly, randomly, there's just a huge, like, car crash where you're just like... Just the bit with the police car, though, where the wheels got torn off. Yeah. I but, mean, like, yeah, that main like... fight happens near the end as well. I think that, like, everything kind of starts to, like, spiral out of control. And then uh, and then you sort of see, like, why Rick <laughs> has decided to no, stay. Nigel. Steve. <laughs> Nigel. Oh, sorry. Nigel. Nigel. Um. Yeah, the the ending with the names just I I didn't really think worked that well. Yeah, it was if it if it just makes you think is wait was this based on a true story? Then like you kind of just instantly view the whole film through a different lens because it's less like oh we're just vibing with these like kids who are like maturing and stuff, and it's like oh that was it. Why are we watching a film about this? What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that it like 
really soured the impression for me personally, but like I could see why it would like confuse other people and you know it just seemed a bit out of the blue. So another of my main criticisms would be just that um I think they sort of seem to mature a bit too much in this one night and like the I think the characters seem to change a bit too much and also I'd never really felt that because I was saying earlier that I enjoyed the fact that they each dealt with their different stories in the film but I never you never really got that many moments with them all together so in that final kind of cathartic moment where one of them's leaving it doesn't really to me it didn't really feel like it was that emotional because he didn't most of the film was just fixated on their individual experiences where rather than them as a whole. Yeah, it was... I'm trying to... I'm like, maybe it would have made been a bit better if they met up a bit more and stuff, but to yeah. be fair, it was just the one night and they were all kind of doing this different thing, so I don't know how in the context of the story that could have... Yeah, I feel like it would have helped if at the start when they actually were together I was more invested. Yeah, yeah true, yeah. Um, or they just spent a bit longer at the start with them. Uh, because the stories do kind of overlap and link, but um, I just never, re- I can't really remember any points apart from the start and the end when they're all together. Yeah, because I think the only problem that this film has, which isn't necessarily a problem in general, is that like the hook is the characters, so you can't have a kind of exhilarating start because all the start can do is kind of show you what the characters are, so that you can then get invested in them yeah that's kind of a slow burn um so when you have when that's like the only other time that you have them all together it's not as impactful as um as later on so yeah i agree that i wish there was a bit more with the group so you can kind of get the dynamic um but i don't i think that the any changes were fairly weren't that big and seemed justified i don't know yeah i mean i'm still a bit like i feel like um nigel (laughs) steve (laughs) rick Rick. (laughs) nigel slash steve slash rick changed a a bit much because he kind of like because he was going off to college and he was wanting to like see loads and loads of like girls at college and stuff and, and then he kind of by the end of the film's gonna complete 180 where he's not not just like staying with his girlfriend but he's also just not going to college i feel like i feel like it's a big decision for just one night like well yeah but you find out that he it doesn't seem like he was that um keen on going though because there's a bit where kurt says that he's staying and then Steve says to Kurt that Kurt had been trying to get him to go to college all year and said all of his arguments back to him. So I don't think mm. Steve was actually yeah. that Maybe, uh, yeah. keen on going. And the main thing that uh, got him to not go... Well, I, I don't think that it was he wanted to go to college to see loads of Well, he didn't girls. want to go I to think, college to see, yeah, but while I think it was he just was at college... He, he... I think he was more scared of being deprived of Laurie. Mm. Um so guess, yeah. when when he when when he kind of loses Laurie in quotation marks when she goes cruising around with Harrison Ford, <laughs> that's when he kind of realizes uh, what he really wants. 
Yeah, well, I see what you mean, but I just felt like... Yeah, because one of the things that really... Um, when she uh, had that speech kind of about why build a new home so when you've got a home and like why make new friends when you've got friends here I think that was quite impactful but also just because I don't really think I never really empathized with Rick's character that much. <laughs> Nigel oh, sorry Steve um, <laughs> shut up Tom yeah shut up Ben you <laughs> find out how to get text to speech on IMDB um <laughs> So I never really empathised with him. Uh, so I never felt like he... Uh, he um, I, know, I always felt like it was sort of her that... Like he was just making these irrational decisions. Like he just suddenly decided that he wanted to go off and um, not, like, not be loyal to her anymore. But then... So I don't really feel like her... Um, like he re like it wasn't really earned his change, and uh, I don't know. I, I just think it was just that his character was less compelling, so it just felt a bit out of place that he would suddenly have this massive flip. And it was a lot more. I think what they were able to do with um the the character that ended up going was more subtle, like the the that he was pursuing that woman and like the sort of what they're able to explore with that in a more nuanced way than with Rick, where it was a bit more overt, but it didn't really work Nigel. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree that um, <coughs> Steve uh, wasn't... Nigel. <laughs> that is not IMDb speaking. What? This one, Nigel. That's, Bobby, why that is keep slander. So wrong? <laughs> um, What's up with you? What? What's wrong, What's Trevor? Wrong, James? <laughs> <laughs> I've lost a train of thought. Laurie, Laurie is the more interesting one of yeah. the two, I think. And a character you can relate to more just because Steve was at times a bit annoying and it's like, oh, finally he's making sense at the end. But Yeah. Uh, Wait, who's Steve? Not Rick. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's Rod Howard with hair. Ah. Uh -huh. Oh no! Don't you mean Ronnie Howard? <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say he was credited as Ronnie Howard in the film. He lost the NY with his hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is there anything else? Yes. I think we've done a decent job with this one because like it didn't about seem. The, uh cinematography I thought it was pretty cool it wasn't uh, I, I wouldn't say there were it was obviously trying to go for like big cool shots but I think it worked really well and you get that wide shots of like um, Mel's driving and all the driving shots are quite cool and when the characters are looking out of windows so I think it was it was pretty good it was kind of it suited the the um feeling uh and it it was never bad never bad it wasn't yeah. there you had it there you have it guys but it was good I, also, I would say it was good <laughs> i would also like, say it was good the colors were really vibrant and yeah yeah uh, 
I mean, if you look at the poster alone, that kind of gives off the aesthetic of the film. It's going to be very, um, like, fun. I think that's really what this was designed to be, just a fun film. Um, wow, I've just realised it's a 97 meta score. That's pretty high. It is quite high, yeah. I'm not sure if it's deserving of that, but I... Yeah, I mean, when I was watching it, I'd never, I couldn't really think of any massive criticisms that I'd have, but I think I've, on, upon reflection, there's a few that kind of stand out that maybe have dropped my rating down a bit. Um, also, what did you think of John with the the girl? It was a bit weird. I know, I think that he very clearly was just trying, was like more of a big brother figure and was more interested in protecting her. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, he did have that thing where it was like... What, like the rape? Thing. Yeah. Yeah, but that was very obviously to like get her address. I think it's definitely dodgy now with hindsight. Yeah. But you can see the characters just kind of doing it as a way to get her address so he can drop her off yeah <laughs> at least that's how i saw it with yeah, the, yeah. hopefully but uh, hopefully i, I feel like if you were a woman in that situation yeah you would have to give your address and not take any chances but. yeah because <laughs> i think that it's easy to see his character i guess on the face of it potentially well not necessarily like predatory but he, he definitely as the film starts, you might think, oh, he's not going to be the most likable character, but then you start to learn more about him, and I think yeah. he turns out to be nicer than Rick. Yeah, like, even though he calls Terry Toad the whole time, yeah. he'll still, like, <laughs> beat two people up to, yeah. to uh, help him out. Um, and I would say it's... it's The the way him and, and Carol's sections are done are way better than how it is in the film Leon which I think is creepy. Also because the director seems to kind of sexualise Natalie Portman when she was like 12 and a half in that film. And that's really oh, weird. Fine. Yeah, but, but that, that whole thing is supposed to be about the guy isn't interested, but the, the younger girl is Yeah. as well. But mm. I think that in this film it works a lot better and is a lot less creepy. Yeah. Because um, I know Leon is well acclaimed, but I just found it weird. <laughs> Because I never really thought that she was sort of sexualised in this. No, it was more no. just, as you were saying, sort of that like big little, brother role. Yeah, and she was very obviously girl. like just a young girl that's like staying up past her bedtime. Yeah. And yeah. Trying to act cool. Um, Down with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, sorry, up with the kids. I mean, up with the kids. We haven't really said that much about Toad, but I feel like he had a oh, roller coaster of a night. He did. Yeah, it was Toad. He had a good time with uh, best Debbie. Time. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, get, getting like his his not car stole, and then there's the thing where like Debbie kept going on about that goat murder or something <laughs> in the dark, and uh, then he finds the car and tries to steal it back by hot wiring it, and two guys show up and beat him up. Uh, but he's got oh, also I forgot, we forgot about the we've we've talked about that out him trying to get alcohol. Yeah, oh, was, yeah, that was one of my favourite scenes. That that was that I think that was the funniest bit with the guy yeah. just r- running out. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, what what? Oh, and he threw up obviously because of the alcohol. Yeah, kind of gets away with drink driving. 
Yeah. But, uh, actually, oh no, no, he doesn't actually. No, because I remember watching the film and thinking like, did he drink and drive? But they go to the canal to drink, I think, yeah. and then the car is stolen, so he can't actually yeah. drive. Oh no, but he does di- drive to the drive-in before Steve takes it back. So. Steve. It's Nigel, not Steve, you <laughs> stupid little boy. <laughs> How long have you been waiting for just say <laughs> <laughs> <So> Rick? <laughs> Would you have done it if we were, like moved on to talk about a different film, like The Great Escape, and I said Steve McQueen? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is a bit of drink driving. Yeah. Naughty Terry. Naughty Terry. Although maybe he threw it back up. I'm not entirely sure on the uh, workings of alcohol, but, you know. You don't know the workings of alcohol? No, I don't know. the. Ex- I didn't take biology A-level. Well, you should have. Did you take biology A-level? I did. I, I took biology... I got, like, a PhD in biology. In A-level? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, a what PhD was your thesis in on? A-level biology. What was your thesis on? Mitosis. <laughs> Has that uh, not my, been I did one as well about how the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> wow, that was groundbreaking. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, he was the one that started that whole meme. It yeah, was that's his where thesis. I was in 62. Oh. Well, well I actually wrote... See, I didn't do biology, and instead I wrote my thesis on THX1138, which <laughs> how I managed to pick up on the subtle reference. Despite not seeing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I just read the IMDB description oh, yeah. in, <laughs> in 62. <laughs> yeah. Right, shut the hell up everybody and get oh. ready for rating <gasps> and that. Whoa. Ollie Whoa. has been a good, good boy and updated the website. So I've... we now actually have every rating in order. Whoa! It was very exciting when I got to see that. And we now have another bit of a gap. Between two and one. Can't remember. Did I? I can't remember the whether I sorted out the uh, link. You know how Robot Monster used to link to the social networks. Does it still, or did I change it? Uh, isn't that an Easter egg? No, you changed oh. it. You evil. Oh. <laughs> no. I'll change it back, sorry. <laughs> Please no, because I remember trying to figure out what my individual rating was on Robot Monster and I just couldn't. <laughs> well, do you think this one compares to Robot Monster or the social oh. network? Or the social network? What? Oh, oh yeah, like because it links to... to so- I was like, that's not next to Robot <laughs> Monster. Um, I actually enjoyed this more than the social network. Um, Same. I've been looking and I think... I don't even think I need to speak because I've just ripped on the social network every time it's brought up. <laughs> I've watched so many rankings of like Fincher now and movies of the decade and they always end up at the top and I've no Why? idea it's how. Just such a, it annoys me. It's just such <laughs> an average film. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're out of the loop. Like there's some secret conspiracy of I mean, To be fair, you used to like defend it a lot more, Tom. But like... I don't think I... I mean, I maybe I, I defended it as not a bad movie, but I mean, I gave it... A 7.5, the same as Ollie. Uh, yeah, I guess. So we've got quite a few higher rated films on there. Um, We're thinking higher than 7.5 for this. Uh, I, I am thinking 7.5. Uh, I'm thinking higher than 7.5. Okay, I mean, Pete. I think <laughs> I 
enjoyed I it. Six point seven five. I stand by that. I enjoyed it about the same as Nightcrawler. I think. Ooh. I've got to decide if I liked it more or not. What did I give Marriage Story? Oh, I gave that an eight. I gave that the highest one. And what did I give Stalker? I gave that an eight. Okay, so I th- think that I might give this film. Oh, I think I'm going to give it a 7.8. What did I give Nightcrawler, Ben? You uh, gave it an 8. You gave it an 8? Uh, well, I think it's lower than that, definitely, but... um, 7.8. I'll go for a 7.6, so it's slightly higher. Yeah, well, I I was thinking that mine might be the highest rating because it sounds like I enjoyed this film the most. Yeah. I think I'm going to be evil again and give it a 7.2. What? I mean, it's, it was technically good and, um, I mean, it's kind of warm to me. Like, now I've had it, like, stew in my system for an hour and stuff, but, like... I still just is it's not really my type of film. I prefer stuff that's either like artsy or like straight up like actiony. I think I felt like just vibing with the characters got a bit like boring after a bit. Yeah. I didn't like. It didn't really seem like a film at times. It was more just. I don't really know. It's just like you have to experience it more than really dissect it, which is what we've been doing for like forty minutes now. So. <laughs> Am I going to go 7.2 or am I going to go 7.1? Whoa! Because I just realised I gave what a, a change. I gave a Quiet Place a 7.0, which means that I must have enjoyed this more than a Quiet Place, but I don't know if I did. Why did you give a Quiet Place so low? I don't know. What did I give a Quiet Place top 2? I must have given it the same, I think. I did. Uh, I'm going to go 7.1. Damn. What, what, it's the average. What, what, what did you guys give it? I gave it a 7.8, 7. and Ollie gave 6. it a 7.6. Is this going to make it average 7.5. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> this we gonna put, I was like, oh, maybe We had maybe a break this... from the 7 range last week, but we're <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> I was like, maybe this can go above 7.5. That'll be exciting. But then, no. then Ben goes, no, 7.1. <laughs> Oh. Who was your Who was your favourite character? Toad. Really? Rick. Rick. Yeah. It's Nigel, not Steve. He's <laughs> was that? old boy. Yeah. Did he even say Steve? <laughs> Who's Steve? Steve? Don't you mean Nige? No. <laughs> you mean Rick? <gasps> anyway, anyway, is there a submission spotlight, Ben? Yeah. So we had loads of submissions last week. A grand total of zero, as oh, always. Was us. Yeah, there was us. Oh yeah, we did. We submitted <laughs> ourselves. We still haven't done the submission uh, from the comments on episode fifty. There was a submission. <laughs> Have a look now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure that you replied YouTube? to it. Yeah. I'm I'm scared. What is it? Oh, oh this is this is tense. This is what you can do when you're in person. Yeah, live on the air. That's why we're so creamy. <laughs> can feel every nuance of our creamy voices. I'm scared. What? What is it? 
episode 50. <laughs> Best full dating hot girls love sex 18cams.xyz I'm scared to go on that even with a VPN and he's got the same thing in Japanese and then Chinese underneath uh, the pinned comment <laughs> thanks for the support it really means the world to us we'll check out your website in the next submission spot <laughs> So, Tom, do you want to load that up on your phone? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm all right. How do we critique that? Do you think? Oh, I, I, I'm afraid I'm not going to do it on mine. So, oh. Ollie, it's up, up to you. Do the grammar. I think we might have to leave it till next week. Full dating. <laughs> we, can re- we can rate the comment. Love sex. <laughs> Yeah, not so, not too. I think that needs a bit of improvement, honestly. Oh, Just a bit of so improvement. Critical. They've <laughs> they've taken the time out of their day to submit something to us. The least we can do is. <laughs> yeah, nice. but I wouldn't like. This isn't as good as Tonky Honk Tractor. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it compares to Chrome. <laughs> this is the bit in Japanese underneath it. Oh, why have you translated it to Swedish? <laughs> is that still for when you translate Joker into Swedish? <laughs> what? Thank you what the for reorganising the live stream. Are you ready for the <laughs> translation? Thank you for reorganising the live stream in the future. The live... Shut up. The live stream on that day was ridiculous. More than 10,000 people were watching it. No Laughs. After all, carrots are the best. <laughs> I was thrilled that I forgot to turn off the camera and did one. <laughs> oh, oh dear! I just... Oh no, they they did a carrot. Yeah, I think they did do a carrot. Oh, no, let's what let's see what the this? Chinese says. Throughout human history. <laughs> oh my gosh! Are you ready? Are you ready? I'll, I'll do a David, David Attenborough. Throughout human history, the strong, the rich, and those with cunning traits prey on the weak in tribes, clans, towns, cities, and villages, without guarding and poor members. However, the human will to survive forces those who have been rejected, deprived, or destroyed with basic needs to find a way of life and continue to integrate to their DNA into the ever-evolving human society. When it comes to food, don't think that those who are rejected only eat garbage. Instead, they learned how to f- cook... F- they learnt how to look for nutrients in neglected meats and vegetables. They learnt to clean, cut, season, and slow cook, slow cook to wild vegetables. <laughs> oh, this is what the carrot bit's about. Household vegetables and meats that were neglected in the food market, and learnt to use aromatic wood smoke such as pecans, pecans, and mess. <laughs> aromatic wood smoke such as pecans <laughs> to season the food while cooking. One six one eight three four oh, I- zero. Is that, is that a reference to George Lucas's film? <laughs> what? Look that up. That must be something. This is a bit of a tangent on the podcast. Thank you so much for that It is our submission yeah. spotlight section. <laughs> We're that desperate. That... <laughs> it's a book on anthropology? <laughs> oh, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Reddit, right? Literally, like an excerpt from it. Throughout human history, the strong, the weak, and those with cunning traits. And the original text is here. 
that's on r slash what's the wait, book wait, wait, wait. what do the colors okay, okay, say okay 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 so i mean we'll just skip recommendations because this is actually quite interesting right the exact <laughs> is an exact auto translation from chinese text found in a spam comment on youtube advertising <gasps> account phishing service it seems to be taken from somewhere and added right after click here only adult possibly to bloat the comment size for unknown reasons having reported the comment now i really want to read a book written like this if it exists <laughs> I thought I was the only one curious about this, Lamau. <laughs> I've seen these stupid ass bots commenting this. What? So this is a thing. When was that posted? Um, this was posted three months ago on R slash What's That Book. Whoa. Well, that's 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 cool though. Bam. Well, I wanna. Thanks for that submission. <laughs> really appreciate a it. A Chinese. I mean, let's try the Japanese one now. Um. Oh, is there still more? How long is the comment? No, 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 no. We, we've we've gone through everything, but like the the Japanese one was a bit more weird. But oh, okay. Let's see if um. Oh, wasn't I thought the Japanese one was just. More Thank you for reorganizing the live no, that, stream. No, that's definitely a uh, uh, re- promoting a saucy stream, Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> like... Okay, he's looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> nah. This morning, Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield in. Oh. Hysterics oh. over rude vegetables. <laughs> yes, Philip. Oh wow! I want to read that book on anthropology, though. I feel like that's a good submission spotlight. So come on, guys. Cool. What's our what's our um, constructive criticism? Uh, <laughs> I feel well, I feel like they should have included the whole book. Yeah. If I'm honest, in the comment. Yeah, I think also um, an English translation would have been good, or at least like a Japanese translation if they're also writing Japanese. Um, yeah, I think sticking to one consistent language would be useful. Yeah, because like, and also I'm I'm not so sure about the um, the tonal shift between best full dating hot girls to thank you for organizing this ten thousand viewer live stream to throughout human history, humans have like fobs for pecans and pecans <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> keeps you engaged though, you know. If it... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um does Lisa as good as Chrome? No, it's better than Chrome, let's be honest. <laughs> sorry, sorry if you're listening um whoever made Chrome, but like we're going to we're Good gonna Mr. like Mr. Google. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. Chrome Death Wish. Let's see if they've actually made the second one now. Show Chrome. Oh, it's on IMDb. Okay. Who is the creator? Timothy Hines. Sorry, Timothy. Pretty big Tim. I'm <laughs> big Tim. Come on, come on, please. Have you done the second episode now? It was meant to come out January. <laughs> Too bad. They won't release it until you give Chrome. How has it not come out yet? You need to give it a 10 out of 10 rating on IMDb first. Oh, yeah, but fine. it's difficult when you compare it to something like that. That comment we've just read, I mean... <laughs> the comment had good special effects. It's what in. would you rate it on IMDb? A comment? Yeah. Uh, is it on IMDb is the question. I mean, I'm not sure about IMDb, but if there's something for, like, books that's like that, um, mm. anthropology books in Chinese. Yeah. Is, it, is this why you rated... Um, 2001 below a 10 is this the thing you found that you yeah. enjoy more than 2001 yeah i bet you're regretting it now tom <laughs> yeah well, we're, right, fine. Oh, i'm gonna have to change my ratings to out of 11 now all right come on come on timothy i'm giving you a 10 out of 10 rating <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a yeah that's a, a a 10 to the power zero that out of 10 yeah exactly 
no one cares about maths. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they right. won't see the little zero in the corner. Well, thanks for thanks for listening, guys. If you have a submissions spotlight, please submit it. Thank you. Are there yeah. any time for recommendations? Ben? I've got a recommendation. You've got a recommendation? So do I. Damn. All right. Recommendation I've got, time. I've actually got two. Um, I'll be I'll be speedy. I don't know how long we're on. Oh, right. Hey, we're actually making it to the time. Yeah. We're um, doing well. So I finished the show Atlanta, which is really good. That follows, um, mainly follows uh, the character Earn, who becomes a manager for his cousin, um, Al, a.k.a. Paperboy, in the in like his rap career so it's kind of like a comedy drama and has some interesting like it goes between very plot episodes to more um like concept episodes whether that be very obviously a concept such as one episode set entirely within a tv show or other ones like a character kind of getting lost in the woods and having a surreal character journey or, or like basically just a short horror film but the whole episode, uh, the whole series is like really well written and the characters are well developed and it's it's got um it's got the big man Lakeith Stanfield from Sorry to Bother You and also Short Term 12 which these two haven't seen but I have recommended before Sorry to Bother You is pretty good so yeah, yeah. and Lakeith Stanfield is pretty cool uh, he's in it. obviously Donald Glover like writes and directs some of it a lot of it and oh, yeah, stars Donald in uh, Atlanta so if you're a Donald Glover stan then you should watch it but yeah really good also cinematography is great so watch Atlanta and then the other thing I watched was um, Mitchell's versus the Machines which was created by Into the Spider-Verse and that was that was really good actually it's not as good as Spider-Verse but that's a very high bar it was created by the Spider-Verse. <laughs> the people that animated, you know, it's the same studio. Um, and it shows, it's still got the creative like animation techniques. I remember there's one where one of the characters gets like really angry and then it just shows them like 2D, huge and above their house, like causing havoc to like display the anger. And there's loads of cool little animation things like that. And I think it's a lot more of like a comedy than Into the Spider-Verse was. And I think it, it reaches like, it's got funnier bits in than Spider-Verse, but also more of the jokes miss. It's not as solid. I think. I think there's. It's not that many, but there's only there's a few. I'm like, eh, not sure about that. But uh, most of the time, really funny jokes, solid characters, good family dynamic, and also for like a kids' film that's like a U, or it might be a PG. <laughs> very just openly anti-corporate and anti like big tech <laughs> like storing private data and stuff it gets into that <laughs> which i thought was pretty cool <laughs> but yeah that's and then that's a good movie so you should watch that it's on netflix atlanta is on disney plus right nice. um i'm not sure if either of you have seen my recommendation but it's synecdoche new york Oh, oh yeah, I want to watch that. It's um, so I think it's my fifth Charlie Kaufman film because we've done three on the podcast now. Um, oh yeah, Damn. and it's uh, I've, it's not necessarily it wasn't the best received like critically and commercially. Like I don't think it really made that much money in, on the box office, but I've seen like 
definitely in like the YouTube yeah, community. Yeah, it's like it's your movie sucks. It's yeah. like favorite film, I think. It's his second favorite, I think, because he did oh, a I five. Don't know what his first one is. <laughs> he did a five, um, like video series breaking it down, but it, like he hasn't finished it yet. The last yeah. one was released like four years. I've watched those videos and they're really good. Um, also, another YouTuber called Carlson Runquist. I think it's his favorite film, but it's basically. I, I wouldn't say it's my favourite Kaufman, but it's, um, I think it's probably Kaufman's closest to horror, in my opinion, because um, it deals a lot with the, especially, like, the most prominent theme of it is definitely death and, like, that constant fear and, like, anxiety surrounding that, like, approach like imminent death in the case of this character uh but it also has like different uh like views and approaches to death which is quite interestingly explored and i think um because it's basically tells the story of some this theater director who's issued a grant to build um a recreation of new york city uh for these actors to produce a play um but as it goes on uh, the boundaries between like the play and his own reality are, are blurred, and I think something that it does really interestingly and uh, is one of the most effective things is like how it deals with the passage of time. Uh, even right from the start, you see like it's very subtle way. It does some in very subtle ways and some a lot more explicitly. But things like a character will go outside to get a newspaper and by the time they've come in you'll see on the newspaper that a day's already passed um and you sort of see like the way that time passes around you this protagonist is a lot faster than you'd perhaps expect um and i like a lot of the crit like the general criticisms of uh kaufman films probably apply like is it pretentious like maybe yeah uh because it has the same thing of like not really having a clear cut story and leaving a lot ambiguous and stuff. Um, and again, it's probably a bit self-indulgent, not only in terms of uh, how it deals with um, like in this case, screenwriting, which uh, I think it doesn't do as much as something like adaptation, which dealt with that a lot, but also just the idea of uh, like that fear of death, which is like, pretty um like universal so i think that um it it ha- it does have really interesting concepts and themes and i think the way that it's, the story is told is obviously a very imaginative and unique style like a, a lot of his other films so yeah so would you say it's even more of a horror than like i'm thinking of ending things uh in my opinion yeah uh but i think it it did definitely remind me of that one the most um just because like well it's, it's, i don't really want to say too much about it cuz yeah there's quite a lot well it's not necessarily giving stuff away because a lot of it's open up to interpretation but uh i think that's probably the one that's most comparable to in my opinion yeah i've been wanting to watch it <laughs> will do how did you watch it Prime. Is it on Prime? Yeah. Done. There's also other films I found out came on out on Netflix, so I've got loads of films to watch. Anyway. 
Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff to watch as well. Mainly serious, though. Yeah, same. I've also got a TV series to watch. I'm a bit bogged down. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I still haven't seen, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and that came out, like, a few months ago. So. Yeah. Well, Tom, have you watched any of the new Rick and Morty? I haven't, actually. I've no. been wanting to watch it. I've, I think I've recorded it. I've seen the first three. And Is, what do you pretty think? good, yeah. Pretty cool. decent. Watch it, then. And I need to have finish Inside it, Number ben? 9. Your favourite show. Oh, the, <laughs> I, I really didn't like the last episode of Inside Number 9, Season oh. 6. But. I think I watched half of the season. Anyway, any recommendations, Ben? Uh, I mean, I, I, have you have you recommended Arrested Development before? I don't. I don't think if I have, it would be very early. Mm. On the off chance Tom hasn't, then Arrested Development is good. It's a, I agree. It's a TV show about like what's the intro go like a wealthy family who lost everything and one son who had to keep them all together. Yeah, it's mainly just like a comedy, uh, kind of. I wouldn't say it's drama really. No, it's just just comedy. <laughs> uh, about like just like this family called the Bluths and uh, like there's uh, each character's like. Uh, ridiculous in a different way like the main one's Michael and he's kind of I guess the the sensible one and there's like Job is um, a magician Job is great, yeah yeah uh, Buster is like uh, overly dependent on his mother and mm-hmm. hasn't really grown out of like infanthood um, and obviously there's the the mother and father are both like uh narcissists well the mother is mainly and the father uh the father's just a sketchy guy (laughs) the series opens with him going to jail and uh you just find out he's done loads of like like sketchy things (laughs) he worked with like saddam hussein he sold houses (laughs) to saddam (laughs) what's david cross's character called uh tobias oh tobias yeah Yeah, he joins the blue man group Lin- Lindsay is uh, Michael's tw- twin sister, is um, kind of a narcissist as well. Um, and her husband, Tobias, is like uh, kind of like a really eff- like effeminate um, actor type. Well, he wants to be an actor, yeah. but he's just terrible. <laughs> um, he gives up his career as a psychologist to become an actor for like the blue man group but <laughs> which he thought was a d- depression support group <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then of course there's a uh, george michael the michael's son and his uh cousin maybe and there's he uh he has a crush on her so there's weird like incest themes in like the f- first like two seasons <laughs> where he's like just crushing <laughs> over his cousin like it yeah. starts off with like she's she she's just like oh well maybe we should just like get them to notice us like what if we kissed blushing emoji yeah <laughs> and then he's just like oh well, like, what, uh... well, what if we kissed again to teach them a lesson <laughs> you know <laughs> um there's like a lot, lot more characters they introduce on yeah. for the sake for the sake of time I'll just like and keep they love it short. wordplay um loads of wordplay yeah <laughs> was that your cousin maybe. <laughs> That's his cousin, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then, so it ran for three seasons originally. Um, 
Oh, and the link to this film is it has a. It, it's narrated by Ron Howard, who makes a cameo as himself in the fourth season and fifth. Um, and I mean, I've only just started the fifth. I've just finished the fourth. But like, okay, so the fourth was uh, like, bought, it was bought by Netflix and it was revived in like 2015. But they had to recut the whole fourth series because it was too confusing. But like, I feel like the recut is still too confusing. So it's like I definitely recommend season one to three, although I I wouldn't so much four. It's just like there's they're trying to fit so much going on in like one season, and like it doesn't really work. I mean, there's still some good like one-off jokes and stuff, but I feel like the quality just isn't as good. Yeah, it's also because it's like ten years after the third season. I mean, to be they they like addressed that quite well, I think, because like uh. The th- I won't spoil anything, but like the th- third season ends up with like um, a load of them on a boat, and the third, the, the start of the fourth is just like, and that time at sea had clearly aged to George Michael. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's because he's ten years old. He's <laughs> a lot taller and has a beard. <laughs> but, you yeah, so you wrap up. So, watch that. Cool. Uh. Yeah. So, thank you for thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Alright, see you. Alright, see you. See you. All Nigel, see you. All Steve, see you. Bro, one sec. Bro, Nigel. Alright, see you. Alright, see you. Yeah, that's what's